I'm Patty Blenderman, and this is the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I don't know what episode this number is going to be because I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with this recording. I am feeling a little out of alignment. It's the best term I can use to describe it. I was reading an article a few minutes ago about Dolly Parton sharing how important it is to never let the world or anyone in it, and in my case, myself, is what sprung up to my mind. Dim your sparkle, is what she said. And I thought about instantly how one of my via character strengths, um, one of my highest strengths is zest. And I remember how proud I was when I saw that listed in my top five. And I remember at the time I was with a group of other coaches and I was the only one that had zest in the top five, but I wasn't quite sure how much other people saw my zest, how much I allowed my zest. I think I do a lot of um, emotional regulation and um, intentionally focus my um, energy on managing my zest to make sure I don't become too much for people. And even in this podcast, I feel like the way I structure it and the way I structure my business is very intentional in, in managing it so that I come across as professional and someone that other people will look to and feel that they're confident in their ability and they can trust them to be there for what they need. And somehow over the course of the last few decades, that has translated into me being very in control, very, um, not that I don't ever exude zest, but, but almost, you know, controlling when and where that happens and, and who I feel really comfortable being zesty with or letting that sparkle shine through with and in what environments. And I am even aware of that in this podcast. Um, when I watch it back, I, 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 I do always really intentionally look for the things that interest me, but the, the ones I like the most are the ones when a bit of my sparkle, a bit of my zest breaks through and it feels really authentic. And I want to just lean into that more. I want to allow myself to be more zestful. Um, and I feel myself on the, the verge of tears the whole time I'm talking and, and fighting that even. That's part of my, um, my emotional regulation gets dysregulated very happily or my zest, I think, becomes very exuberant and um, stronger than maybe the situation or the joke or the, um, the moment calls for. But I also can become very um, emotional around really mundane kind of ordinary things as well. I remember I used to, as a kid, cry um, if you're ever, if you're old enough, or I remember like the, the um, there was a couple of commercials that used to come on when I was a kid that I would get really emotional watching because of the connection, the, the feelings it brought to me. So I've always been a, a, a person who can cry easily, but I've also been a person that can laugh easily. And I want to just continue leaning into that and owning that and be the person who I remember when I was a teacher 
and I, I taught special education and I was teaching second and third grade. And um, I had like eight kids in my class with varying degrees and, and impact of different um, uh, things that they were needing support with. And we were, we were doing a, a play that we wrote together and we were in you know, costumes that we made out of you know, construction paper. And at this point in the play, I had climbed up on one of the little individual student desks and I think I was crouched down and, and making, you know, my animal noise. And my principal, who used to walk the school every morning, picked up that time, just happened to come in through my classroom. And I was, you know, with all the kids, we were all in different positions and playing our characters. And I was on the top of one of the students' desks. And I remember being embarrassed that he saw me like that because I was fully in my zest. I was fully into it. And the kids and I were having such a great time. And in that moment, I felt, oh, you know, because I was a younger teacher and I thought, oh gosh, what's he going to think of this new teacher? I was in my first year of teaching and I just thought, oh, did I just blow it being myself? And, and it was, it was nothing. It was my own self-talk. There was, there was no judgment. There was nothing that came out of that that wasn't positive, but my own self-talk kind of had that warning flag of hmm, be careful, be careful of showing people who you really are, or really leaning into that. And I don't know why, I mean, I do know why. <laughs> Our brains hold on to these, um, these connections and they, they drive who we let ourselves be or not let ourselves be. And another time, I have two like, like other ones that really stand out that seem to be the ones I've returned to whenever I think about leaning into my zest. And one of them happened when I was newly married and I met my, um, I'd only met my husband, one of my husband's siblings. Actually, it may have been the first time I met my, no, it was a second, second or third time I'd met him. And we were vacationing down in Florida with his mom. And we were swimming in the ocean. His mom was living in Florida at the time. We were all at the, at the beach. And I just remember I, I, I was having a great time and I was very exuberant and I can't even tell you what was said. And I think it was just in jest. It wasn't at all. Um, making fun of me, but it felt, remember we have that, that really strong rejection sensitivity. It felt like a judgment of who I was. He said something to my husband, but for me to hear as well about, you know, how, how boisterous I was in the moment. And, and I just remember thinking, Oh, rain it in Patty, rain it in. Don't let him see that side of you. It just, it just felt really uncomfortable that, that I'd let him see my true self and, and maybe that wouldn't be accepted. So don't, don't, don't do that again. And then the last time, and maybe the, the nail in the coffin, if you will, was a little more than a decade, maybe 15 years later. And I was working at the container store and I had four kids at the time. And I had just gone back to work because I needed to get out of the house. And so I found a job that, um, I love the container store. It was just this place where I felt you know, there was all this order and calm because everything was organized and my house was exactly the opposite because I didn't know at the time that I have ADHD and my kids, you know, were young and, and just left things all over the place. And I had a really hard time keeping up with everything and it just felt very chaotic and the container store just felt calm. So I remember I thought, I'm going to work somewhere. That's where I'm going to go work. And they had a morning 
um, unload shift where the truck would come in at night and they would drop all of the, they'd bring all the products in and drop them around the store. And in the morning, you'd work a 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. shift, putting everything away in the store. And so I worked that shift and I loved it because it was high energy. It was so fast that, you know, time just went by really, really quickly and I could do it before my husband went to work. So he could you know, stay with the kids, get them off to school. And then he would pick me up, um, meet me with my daughter, who was the only one still at home at the time. And we would, you know, I would take her home with me and he'd go off to work. And I remember it was, you know, I'm a morning person, always had been a morning person. And I just realized I went off on a tangent there telling details that probably <laughs> weren't needed. But the point is, I've always been a morning person and I'm very energetic in the morning. And I know that about myself, but I saw it as a real gift and almost, you know, like something I give to other people. And in this environment where there was, you know, I don't remember how many, but at least, you know, 12, 15 of us all there for four hours needing to do this very intensive, physically demanding um, job in a very tight amount of time that I thought I could use my energy to support other people's energy. And I was very like, like you'd get through an aisle and, and they used to call it aisle down. And I used to like love calling aisle down because it was just like this, yeah, one more done. And I remember like I'd scream and I'm like, let's go, we got this. And there was one girl who, again, I don't think she meant anything by it. She just wasn't as much of a morning person, I think, or her energy was a little more maybe, you know, needed to focus on the task. And I was distracting from that, whatever it is, I can look at it from different perspectives now, but in the moment I was way too much for her. And she just said, can you calm the down? I'm going to, you know, not say the, the word, but, and I was just, she was like, calm the F down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm too much. I am too much. And I just felt so, because again, I was fully in myself. I wasn't even aware of anything. It just felt so good to be so exuberant. And it just felt so jarring to realize that I was overwhelming somebody with my exuberance and it wasn't a good thing. And I remember I just beat myself up for days and days. It was just such a hard thing for me to process and and I didn't know what to do with it other than to try not to let it happen again because I didn't know how to um how to how to do anything else than that and I in some ways made a career out of it it served me well in many areas to stay this poised and this controlled and and manage my emotions for the most part when working with people but I'm here to say it, it doesn't always and I'm aware I'm not being my authentic self all the time if I'm not being playful and having fun and being in the moment and saying what I'm thinking, even if it might be a little silly or a little um, too excited. You know, I get excited about simple things like pens, but that's okay because that's part of who I am. And I do that a lot one-to-one -one with my clients, but I want to do that as well in other environments where it may not feel as safe, where I might not get validation, where it may even maybe irritate or put off some people. 
but that's okay because they're not my people. I'm here for my people. I'm here to meet people who resonate with me and I resonate with them. And because of that, we're drawn to that. And if I'm not being fully myself, then there's no reason for me to be doing this. So I just had this epiphany and I just want to acknowledge where I am and what I'm noticing and, and what I'm going to be doing with it. And I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what's going to specifically change, but I'm going to intentionally look at what can I do to lean into that? How can I take what I notice and use it to support my future self? So I'm going to begin where I am, like I always say, and take one step at a time and see where it takes me and be okay with failing, be okay with discomfort because I'm going to learn. I'm going to lean into my other character strengths of love of learning and appreciation of beauty and excellence and knowing that there can be no beauty and excellence without fear of failure. There has to be that stepping outside of your comfort zone and taking a chance. So I'm doing that with my honesty here and my commitment to lean into it. So that's all. I hope this ends up being an episode. If it does, um, I hope you'll join me on my journey and continue checking out the ADHD-friendly podcast to see where it takes me. That's all for today. Tally ho.